Hey everybody, Danny here from Music Lesson Business Academy, and today is going to be a bit of a rant. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Music Lesson Business Academy. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, before I get started on the rant, which will be today's episode, um, I just want to go ahead and get the uh, business taken care of. This episode is brought to you by Never Alone Business Services. Google, Facebook ads, Google ads, pay-per-click ads, website, SEO stuff. Done by music school owners for music school owners. Give Jen and Chris a call over there, neveralonebusinessservices.com. They're doing my, uh, they're managing my Google ad account right now. And uh, they also put out something really cool this week. There is a link in the Facebook uh, group, the Music Lesson Business Academy Facebook group for a course that they do, which is how to set up your school using Zoom for group classes and, I'm sorry, not for group classes, for uh, virtual lessons, but that can include, include group classes. And uh, me and Brian and Corey at uh, the Music Factory, we went through there and, um, you know, uh, took the class and we rolled out some great ideas from there. So you should definitely check that out. It's uh, a really cool little course. Um, this episode is also brought to you by the fine folks over at TeacherZone. Go to TeacherZone.com. We can do virtual lessons through TeacherZone as well. And it's great to be connected with your students through there, utilizing the chat functions and all the other cool stuff that they have going on. I know they've been working tireless, tirelessly the last couple of nights because I've been getting text messages, uh, updating servers and making some changes because the system got a little overwhelmed with crazy demand, but they've got everything back up uh, to speed and running quickly. And lastly, before we get into my rant, if you'd like to get a free course from Music Lesson Business Academy, the seven levers of the music lesson business, text lowercase mlba to 81257, and you can access the sign up for that course right there. So that's 81257 and type in MLBA lowercase and you'll get all the info needed. All right, let's jump in here. All right, guys, welcome back to another show here. And uh, yeah, it's been a crazy week. I hope all of you guys are faring well. Um, it was really weird for me because I've been in the studio all week. I started on Saturday. So kind of on Friday is when things started to get Thursday and Friday. Things started to get wacky in my part of town. Prior to that, I hadn't heard a word from anybody about lessons. You know, no parents were freaking out. And then as soon as schools closed, everybody got weird. And then Disneyland, you know, sent everybody into like crazy world. So um, 
you know, I'm in the studio trying to concentrate on drum tracks. The last record I'm ever going to make with my band's last album we're ever going to do. And sure enough, now we're doing it in the middle of all this craziness. So that's either going to end up being really good in the long run or terrible. So I will say, I think I laid down the best drum tracks of my life. And uh, maybe I was just throwing caution to the wind and saying, fuck it. I'm just going to think about this right now. It certainly was challenging and difficult because, you know, I'm seeing like I had to like try to not look at my phone because I'm seeing emails and text messages and just craziness. And, you know, in the midst of all that, we were also, you know, getting everybody set up with Zoom accounts and doing all these things at the school to be ready to do online lessons like right away, you know. And I will say that our team really spun on a dime to get that set up and be ready to go. And we're doing a lot of online lessons. It's awesome. I mean, we always did some Skype lessons and online and used TeacherZone. And, you know, we've always had some students that have done that. So it's not, you know, all that uncommon anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, as of right now, you know, I'm actually recording this on Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Um, you know, we are still doing lessons in person if people want to do it. Or they can do a Zoom lesson. A virtual lesson, or they can, um, you know, bank as many lessons as they want to use for makeups at a future date with no expiration dates. Future Danny here. And um, I just, while I was recording the podcast, saw an alert come through. And so um, it looks like the Orange County Health Department just as of today, has ordered some kind of extremely confusing shutdown, um, saying no gatherings whatsoever, including business, and then kind of outlines essential businesses that can stay open, but it's really not clear if they're telling me, like, I have to close till the 31st, or if I don't have to. So... It gets even crazier, um, so I'm going to have to research that maybe a little bit more. Um, but I think the writing is on the wall there that um, we should prepare, in our school anyway, for nothing but online lessons until March 31st. So, um, you know, here, here's the thing that I've been thinking about so much, and I guess it's a philosophical conversation, and I'm going to try to not get too angry. You know, and first let me say, you know, I'm sure a lot of you will disagree with me on this. Um, And that's okay. And I I feel like, you know, I'm not a crazy right winger. I'm pretty down the middle of the road um, politically. And I try to approach everything with a very scientific and um, skeptical way of looking at things. Um, I'm actually in skeptic groups and newsletters and things like that. And being a skeptic doesn't mean you poo-poo everything that somebody says. You basically are saying, well, that's really interesting what you're saying. Um, Can you show me all the proof first before I would decide if I, you know, think you're telling me the truth or not? And I'm not a conspiracy guy. I don't think any of this stuff that's going on right now is some crazy conspiracy by one side or the other or anything like that at all. But I think what this shows us is, A, number one, how 
ill-prepared we are to deal with a crisis. Um, because, because I am on top of the scientific community as far as listening to podcasts and reading. And, you know, every Sunday, I listen to The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. And uh, this next episode coming up will be very interesting because a lot's happened since last Sunday. But, you know, global pandemics and these type of things are something that the CDC and other experts have been warning political leaders about forever saying that we're not prepared and here we are and we're not prepared because if we were prepared the unbelievable freak out and un just unimaginable measures that are being taken right now probably wouldn't be happening at this level at all i don't think things would be shut down the way they are if we were prepared to test people if we were just prepared in our hospitals to have, a, you know, or we had emergency facilities that had already been built and that are, were sitting there prepared for the pending pandemic, like a real one. This isn't a real one. If you listen to anybody who knows this stuff, this is merely a dress rehearsal for something actually really serious. Um, if we had facilities ready to take those people, you can bet your life that Disneyland would be open right now and NBA would be playing and your business would not be in the dire situation that it may be in right now. So there is part lies part of my anger from a philosophical standpoint, what I have been thinking about, and I don't really know how this relates to your music school business at all. I'll try to bring it back around um, and not be all doom and gloom because you know, with something like this, and I think today I'm kind of hitting that thing of like, okay, it is what it's going to be. It's going to be what it's going to be. And I'm either going to get through it or I won't. And I'll pivot and I'll just have to do something different or restart or I mean, go in a different direction or take my business in a different direction. You know, we're already looking at, you know, emergency SBA loans, contacting the insurance company, things like that, whatever we can do um, to get us through. And I feel like most of the country realizes that um, you can't just do this to small millions, millions of small businesses impacting millions upon millions of people and say, yeah, you can't do business for the next month. And there's no support for you, by the way. Um, so I, I do believe that there'll be some, some relief and, and things like that to help us. Um, but here, here's some things I just want us to think about as a country. So first, let me say this. This is worse than the flu by a lot. And I'm not, again, I'm not a conspiracy person. I'm not saying, oh, it's just a bad flu and we always get the flu. According to the John, Johns Hopkins expert that most other groups in the country look to, who was on the podcast that I posted, uh, the Sam Harris podcast, 0.6% mortality rate. The flu is 0.1. It's roughly going to be six times more fatal. That's bad. There's no doubt about it. It's not world-ending pandemic and shouldn't be society crashing uh, mortality either. People are going to get sick. It's going to suck. There's, you know, he didn't you know, uh, try to sugarcoat that element. It's going to suck. There's no way around that. However, 
most the overwhelming majority of people who get it will deal with it and be fine. And a huge chunk of the people that get it will experience very mild things, uh, symptoms. So I think it's important for you to, to think about it that way. Um, you know, I could be doing this podcast tomorrow. I could catch it and be one of the people that it impacts negatively. I'm 53. I don't consider myself old. I'm not in the physical condition I used to be, although I can still ride a bike pretty good and get my heart rate up. And most likely I could, you know, weather something like this fairly easily, but you never know. Right. And this could all be, you know, an ironic podcast um, two months from now if I died from it. Um, but I also get on my motorcycle and ride down the freeway with horrifically horrible drivers who are texting every day. I fly small airplanes. I'm learning to fly a paramotor. I choose to do those things. So there's a risk in life. Now, I granted me riding my motorcycle doesn't really endanger anyone else. And I, I understand that's totally a big difference. But everything that we choose to do in our country, the government already puts kind of a economic dollar figure to whatever is being proposed. When we talk about, you know, any kind of regulation or any kind of infringement on certain civil liberties or freedoms. And again, guys, I'm pretty middle of the road politically. I am not like a crazy gun person, although I do own a gun. Um, you know, I've been, I was a vegan for six or seven years, kind of in the animal rights world. I, I guess I'm complicated in that way that I love to rescue dogs. And that's kind of one of the things I really want to do in my retirement is get more back into that. At the same time, I support people who hunt ethically and, you know, eat that meat and stored in their freezer like my uncle does. Both of my, you know, several of my uncles and all my cousins, they fill their freezers in their house with meat and fish that they caught or hunted themselves. And most of the time when they're making dinner at home, it's something like that, which I consider to be a thousand times more ethical than going to the grocery store and buying a hamburger and then posting on Facebook that you hate hunters. So back to my main point, though, the civil liberties, the freedoms, and the cost and the weight factor of these things. So, I mean, just, you know, a, a, an example we could look at is that 109 people on average die every day from gun violence in our country. And like I said, I'm a gun owner, but I'm a gun owner who thinks that to own a gun, you should probably take a class first and that you probably don't need a machine gun in your house. And I, I know no, no matter what side of that argument you're on, you will have to admit that you can barely even be, bring that up in our country. Nobody has any political will to address that whatsoever. And political, I don't just mean our political leaders, but I just mean leaders in general, whoever you are, a business leader, um, a thought leader, an author, a podcaster. You know, you bring that up, even the slightest idea of curtailing a slight rule to help the children that get killed in school shootings, and you will just be barraged with Second Amendment rights and this, and you're not going to take my guns and everything, even though I'm a gun owner. 
So that's about 40,000 people every year. We have made a choice that that freedom is worth a certain amount of loss. 3,000 people roughly, and you know, these are rough numbers, guys, but they're in the ballpark. Roughly 3,000 people die a day on our freeways. And over time, we have made those safer by enacting rules. Didn't used to have to wear a seatbelt. Now you got to wear a seatbelt. You know, all these safety standards that have improved over time. Just as somewhere down the road here, we will have an antiviral that will help most of the people that contract COVID-19. And maybe a year and a half to two years down the road, we'll be able to get a vaccine for it the same way that you can get a flu shot today, which many of you blew off and didn't get, including me this year. I forgot to get one, and I usually do, okay? So I'm guilty of it as well. And my point being that there is any number of things that could be very detrimental to us, and we make a choice on the trade-off of what we're willing to give up to, for safety or to save lives. I mean, I'm only thinking of a couple examples. There's millions of them. Now, that said, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be taking reasonable measures to do the best we can to prevent this, okay? Closing schools, no problem. Big, huge events like Disneyland or something, no problem. Disneyland's paying all their employees right now. School teachers, all getting paid. There's not a huge economic impact happening from that, although people aren't traveling to Disneyland. That's impacting us greatly financially. Um, it's when we start crossing the line to a level of where, you know, I get it that if we get out in front of this thing and flatten that curve, that, and, and I'm hoping that this is the case, that the long-term economic bounce back comes back much quicker than if we just let it ride. Um, but what I don't really hear anyone saying other than the same infectious disease expert from Johns Hopkins on that podcast, who said he is more concerned with the damage that is going to be done from the widespread panic and economic disaster that's going to happen than I am from the amount of people that are going to die from this. And he's only one opinion. Some other people think it could be much higher, but he's certainly one of the experts in this. And I just don't hear anybody talking about that at all. And I, and, and I just think philosophically, maybe we've gone off a cliff too far in one direction with this. Um, you know, my mom is 82 years old. And I called her yesterday and I said, what are you doing? And she said, I just got home from the gym. So clearly my mom is doing good and, and she's in really good health. And we were talking about this and I said, oh, your gym's not closed. And she said, F no, literally. Uh, <laughs> that's what my mom said. And uh, you can see where I get it from, right? No, my mom is a super nice old lady. I hate to even call her an old lady. Um, and she's a sweetheart and everybody loves her. And she comes out and watches my band play. It's awesome. Um. But her viewpoint was, I'm 82. I could die any day from any number of things. I could just get the regular flu and die. I can get pneumonia. Whatever could happen. She said, I'm ready 
it's just not that big a deal at this point. And and by all means, I, I don't take that lightly. I, I, you know, I would like as much time with my mom as possible because she's awesome. Um, but at the same time, I am certainly mentally prepared that at 82, any time I have with my mom, you know, is coming, you know, every year that goes by is potentially the last year. And although I will be heartbroken and sad and all the grief that we all experience when something like that happens, I won't be shocked. It wouldn't be unexpected. And again, I am not trying to say that we should just blow everything off, you know, screw the old people and let's just throw caution to the wind. I'm not saying that by any means. Let's do what we can to protect that population. Um, but my mom, she is not choosing to self-quarantine because she would rather, you know, and maybe it's, you know, maybe she's not thinking about other people her age, but I, I've also kind of, you know, my maintenance guy today came by my house and he's in his 70s working on the tile floor. He's got to work. And, you know, it's kind of a trade-off. What I'm seeing is like a lot of older folks not self-quarantining because they would like to, in the years that they have left, aren't really willing to just sacrifice all those things. Um, I'm sure many are staying in and are being extra careful, and I think that that's a great choice. If you're compromised, you should choose not to go into the Starbucks. If you're 65 or older right now, you should choose not to go into the Starbucks. But I'm not sure unemploying a bunch of those Starbucks or whatever workers we're talking about because you're trying to keep everyone else from going in there in the long run, even though I agree 100% it would help slow the spread and save some lives, there is a potential economic misery coming. And it is going to impact millions, millions of people. So is how many 30-year-olds will go into depression and kill themselves? How many people could be starving? How many people, and, you know, and this is maybe I'm going over doom and gloom on this. I'm just kind of like pushing the other side of the perspective. I don't really think those things are going to happen. Um, but it seems like we are not thinking the long-term big picture 100% through. And I feel that when one city says, we're going to declare emergency, and here's what we're going to do, and they shut everything down, that most other city leaders, even if they disagree and say, I don't think we need to do that yet, bow to the pressure because, God forbid, they are wrong. And they go, oh, I made a mistake. I should have shut us down sooner. And, and that's a tough position to be in. And it's a tough position for us to be in as business leaders, you know, because I think most likely, you know, when my school reopens, I don't think very many people in Orange County are going to end up having been infected. Right now, there's 14 people, no children. Um. I think, um, 
you know, like nine of them are 49 to 65, six are older. Um, there's a group like from 30 to 49 is actually the highest number. But the older ones, by the way, also had traveled. So they got the double whammy. They were old and they traveled to the wrong places. So shame on them. Um, <laughs> obviously, they didn't know that at the time. Um, and no, there's been no deaths. San Francisco has 40 or 50 confirmed cases and they went on lockdown instantly. They have zero deaths. And maybe because of that lockdown, maybe it's going to get contained to that level. And again, I, I mean, this podcast a month from now, I could be looking back going, wow, there's 2 million people infected. We've had a million deaths. I was totally wrong. It's very, po I mean, it's possible. I'm just sort of from a, this is the discussion I would like to hear somebody like a Sam Harris and some other philosophers and people go dig a little deeper in and say, well, how bad does the economic downturn of this have to be before it's not worth it? You know, I don't know. I mean, China certainly did a massive lockdown um, and they've had 3,500 people die, which is a lot. And it's you know, I, I, I don't want anyone to, to get sick or die. I mean, we all feel that way. But you are intellectually dishonest if you think, if you're going to tell yourself you don't ever think the way that I'm talking right now. That is purely dishonest because people, all of us, make that choice every day. Currently, your kids, not your kids, but kids, are still more likely to be killed in a school shooting than to die from this. And we don't do shit about that. So I don't think that I'm, again, I'm not trying to be harsh and I'm not like some crazy conspiracy. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not prepping in my basement with canned goods and a bunch of rifles or, you know, think anyone's coming for me or anything like that. I guess I'm just angry that there isn't a little bit more discussion um, and maybe, you know what, maybe there isn't time. Maybe the officials who, who have this information, the, the scientific community has said, there's not time to have that discussion. You got to do this and you got to do it now. Um, okay. I mean, that's the, you know, if that's the case, that's the case. And I'm going to follow the rules. I'm pretty much a hermit anyway. I stay in all the time. Um, I only go out if I absolutely have to, like to a bar or a restaurant or I, you know, if, if I'm not playing a show, I am not seeing a band unless it's something from our school. Um, so I pretty much social distance as a lifestyle, I guess, is what I'm thinking about. When I think about like, what would I like to do on this time off? Me, I'd pack up my motorcycle and head out by myself or take my dog and go somewhere. That's, that's what I would prefer to do anyway. No offense to any of you, but I'm a private person which is, sounds weird considering that I play in, I tour the world in a band. I'm a public figure with a Wikipedia page and I have a podcast and I'm doing more of this kind of stuff, but I'm actually a fairly private person and I love being alone. I love it. So that's not an issue. Okay. I, I don't care about that so much. Um, but you know, 
I just hope everybody is thinking all those things through. Because here's the other side of this. If two weeks from now, they go, all right, we're going to release some restrictions. I think a lot of people will feel a lot better and we could bounce back fairly quickly because, you know, Disneyland reopens and it's the happiest place on earth and everyone will feel fine. But if the, you know, this order that just came through from the OC health department to quarantine, till the, you know, shut down till the 31st, if the 31st comes and they go, yeah, we're going to keep that another month, which they won't do. They'll say another week. Here's the thing to think about. Have you ever guys ever had your flight delayed? <clears throat> we're, we're delayed for 20 minutes, guys. Oh, it's looking like about 40 minutes now. Oh, guys, it's about a two hour delay now we're looking at. Eventually, it becomes your flight got canceled. And a lot of times they know that and they continually bump it back shortly like that instead of just going, hey, um, due to this outbreak, every business is going to have to close for three months <laughs> or something like that. Because everyone knows that that can't work. So we're, what's the, I, and I don't have the answers. I could be 100% wrong on all this. I guess I'm throwing this out as kind of like a philosophical conversation that I feel anyone, like I don't hear anyone on any major news channel saying, is this even something to think about or talk about? I, everyone's afraid to even say this. So I just wish somebody would say it because there is a point a month from now, two months from now, whatever, who knows when, that they go, okay, um, the disease is what it's going to be. And we're just going to have to try to take care of people the best that we can, but we can't keep everything shut down. So, all right, game on. Everybody's open. And then we're right back to where we were, except unimaginable economic damage has been done at that point. So, you know, I had my music school through 2008 crash and we survived. We did harsh measures, pay cuts, all kind of stuff. We were tiny. At that point, I didn't even, back then, I wasn't even taking any kind of salary out of the school anyway. Um, things are different right now. It could be a whole lot different. And, you know, a lot of businesses did, did close during that time, but not at the levels that we could potentially experience. Now, maybe that's not going to happen. And I sure as shit hope that doesn't happen because of either economic relief that's given directly to us, or uh, we are told we do not have to make a rent payment for six months, or who knows what. That's kind of hard to do to the landlord. That's not really fair to them. Um, but something will have to happen, or a lot of us could go out of business. Um, and if we end up there anyway, if this disease ends up where it's going to be anyway, Everyone's going to be really sorry that they also ruined so many other lives in this attempt. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there's like people just hating on me beyond belief right now. And I'm, trust me, guys, I'm a sensitive person. I am like, save the children, save the puppy dogs guy. Okay. Like, I cry in movies. Um, I love a heartwarming good story i 
uh, I'm a, I consider myself to be one of the good guys. Like I be, if there's a police officer in the Starbucks behind me, I will buy, I buy their coffee for them. And they're always like, no, no, don't do that. I'm like, yeah, dude, take this. You guys are underappreciated, you know, and I want to look out for you. So be safe. You know, I get a ticket the other day because I did look at my cell phone. So I was driving down the freeway, going too fast and looked at my cell phone without any regard for the people around me, right? Just like all of you have done hundreds of times. Um, and even after all that, I was telling, I told the police officer, hey man, be super careful, be safe. You know, like I appreciate you after I had a $300 cell phone ticket. I, I consider myself to be a fairly sensitive person. Um, I tend to wear my heart on my sleeve quite often. Um, but so, for some reason, this one, seeing these idiots at the grocery store, you know, like, I don't even get it what the toilet paper thing is all about. Who gives a shit about toilet paper if there's a huge nightmare economic global pandemic disaster that happened? That's the last thing Snake Plissken in Escape from New York was concerned about, okay? So... It just is ridiculous the way people have behaved and the way people have fed into it and the way social media feeds on it. Then the way that companies are trying to profiteer to extreme levels off of it, it's disappointing. And it just makes me angry that we are not more level headed as a country. You know, I mean, uh, to get again to get back to my 82 year old mom she's lived through a lot of crap at that age maybe that's why she's like that's eh, not that big a deal yet <laughs> you know i don't know because they went through the depression and other tough times and you know you know other you know outbreaks you know and i remember traveling during the h1n1 thing i went to japan playing tours during h1n1 and had to kind of go through the the heat screener that checks to see if you, if you had the flu. And, you know, a lot of people died from that. And there was, you know, there was some measures, of course, as there should be. But I guess the other thing, and again, don't get me wrong, because I know there are people saying, oh, this is just another case of the flu. It's not. This is worse than the flu, for sure. Um, and, you know... You could be very miserable if you get it. I got the measles in my 20s, and whoa, it was rough. That was like a two-week. That was the sickest I've ever been in my life. Um, and it, it was miserable. Um, it could have killed, a, you know, definitely a compromised child or an elderly person. Easily what I had would have killed them. Um, you know, and just so you know, I mean, the measles is 15 times more contagious than what we're dealing with, with COVID-19. And there are hordes and hordes of parents that don't want to vaccinate their children. It just seems to me that our ability to dissect information and think about things on a critical level is horrifically bad. Um, so. You know, yes, this is way worse than the flu, but 60,000, 80,000 sometimes, 
20,000 on the low end do die every year from the flu. Now, there is a vaccine for that, and that's keeping it from it being way worse, of course. And it is not as contagious as this. So the R0, the R0, which is R0 number for the regular flu is for every one person, I believe it's 1.2 to 2 people can be infected by that one person. COVID-19, the R0 number for that, I believe is for every one person, it is 2 to 3.6, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in that ballpark. Might be a little higher than that. Um, so it's, it, it's more contagious and more easily spread on, you know, a, a pretty high scale. So don't get me wrong. I'm not like the people that are out there going, oh, we don't need to do anything. And this is a, all a hoax. This is a left wing hoax. Whatever. That's bullshit. I, I, I take this seriously. Um, we are going to close our school. You know, we haven't announced it yet, but I guess it's okay to say it down here. Um, tomorrow uh, and go all online to the 31st as suggested. But nobody cares at all. I don't want to say nobody. Let's, let me rephrase that. Health officials, public health officials, the same people that are fighting this and studying and trying to do what they can, they care about the flu every year. But 99% of the U.S. population doesn't give a shit about giving the regular flu to an elderly person or a child. Yes, it's not as deadly. It's still deadly. It may be, based on the information we've seen so far, worse for kids than this is looking like. Nobody gives a fuck, right? Nobody, everyone has already said, well, yeah, that happens every year. You know, wash your hands. Don't cough on somebody if you can't. You know, take measures, okay? And maybe we should be doing more throughout the rest of the year. Maybe we should always be washing our hands the way we do now. Maybe we should always be wiping down the keyboards after every lesson. I'm going to do that. I, I, that was the first thing I said. I was like, we should just do this all the time anyway. It looks like a nice service to our customers, and the teachers won't get sick. So, but, you know, 600,000 people died of the regular flu last year. Now, this being worse, it could be, you know, 2 million from this or something like that. Yes, that's a big number. It is. And I, you know, feel we should do things to try to do what we can for those 2 million people. But let me just say this. Every year, we know the regular flu is going to kill 60,000 people in the United States. If we don't do anything about this one, it could be a couple hundred thousand people a year. Who decides what the number and the line is to make the decisions? That's all I'm asking. And how come nobody is even, you can't even bring that up. So here's another example that is slightly political because this one does bother me. <laughs> if I say that I think there should be some kind of government healthcare as maybe an option, I am instantly called a socialist. Even by somebody 
who currently gets social programs from the country. And when I talk to them, they will say, well, I believe in social security. I believe that there should be maybe like a government VA loan. Um, I believe that, um, you know, maybe a company should get a tax break because they're opening a, a plant in Ohio or whatever. Those are all things where the government is subsidizing in some way, some type of program. So my point to them is, so for you, healthcare is the line that if you're on the one side of it, you're a straight ahead socialist, crazy socialist. And if you're on the other side of that line, you are a red-blooded American capitalist. And anybody with any brain whatsoever knows that that's just not how the world works because there are almost no purely capitalist societies in the Western world and very few, if any, truly socialist or even communist economically speaking, countries. There obviously are countries that are ruled uh, in a dictatorship or, you know, type of thing. But um, I believe that uh, China is considered a state capital, uh, capital, state capitalism, I think is what they call that. So it's just these things are not so cut and dry and everybody's making it so cut and dry all the time. And, you know, again, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm not compassionate to, you know, somebody who is immunocompromised right now or has a child at home that is, you know, more susceptible to, to these type of things or, you know, one of their parents lives with them and is more susceptible. I, I completely understand and I think things should be done for those people for sure, such as them being quarantined in their house and given money so they can stay home from work and not have to feel the stress of what's going on or, you know, whatever it might be. You know, I, I think there's, you know, we all have to do our part and I'm totally fine not going to a concert for a month, not going out to a large gathering, Formula One canceled, no bike races. I get it. You know, jujitsu, you got, you know, you're rolling around sweating on each other. That's a tough call to make, you know, to say that we should still do that. But many of the other things, I don't know if in the long run, and I could be wrong, and I probably will be. I'm just philosophically expounding right now. Um, if in the long run, we're going to look back. Um, and, you know, here, here's a message I've heard from some of the experts. If we're overreacting, we're going to look back and be glad we overreacted. Well, that could be true. You know, maybe, maybe that is true. And um, we'll be glad that we did. Or we could also look back on a country that has homelessness exploding and unemployment exploding and a just destroyed economic system and look back and go, we shouldn't have overreacted quite so much. I don't know. And, I, and probably nobody knows that answer. I just wish there was a little conversation about that happening. Um, because, I, again, if this goes on very long, 
you're going to hear that conversation. I'm willing to bet you're going to hear that conversation. But who am I? I'm a dumb drummer in a punk rock band. That's about it. Um, so on to some other things. If, if you're still with me <laughs> at all. I swear I haven't had any red wine, guys. Normally I'm recording at night and I drink a little wine, but I've been cutting way back up until today. Uh, or tonight, anyway. Um, I did buy some wine last night. Uh, on the drinking because I've been getting back into mountain biking and uh, I don't know can I go mountain biking during a quarantine like if I just drive my ooh, OC parks might be closed I may not be able to go mountain biking because um, I would like to do something with this downtime I did get the new all right let me I'm gonna shift gears here guys um, here's what we're doing as a business because the first couple of days I was feeling fairly deflated about this like struggling with the desire to want to really like come out on the other side ahead of this thing and not just go, eh, it was a killer 14 year run at my music school. Um, but here's what we're doing. So we're probably going fully virtual as to, as of tomorrow. Um, I might use like John Kaziki's idea with the bands of getting them together on a zoom call and having them work out parts for an upcoming recording project so that the parents feel like financially there's going to be a, you know, a pushback, something to, to, to stick with, with that. Um, one thing I think is true is you are seeing some true colors of some of your customers right now. Um, and you know, I don't know, part of me wants to tell them like, cool, you're bailing out on me. You're asking me for a refund. You know that you do that to all the small businesses. None of us are going to be here when you are ready to come back. Um, and just keep a list and not take them back if they want to come back. But the other side of it is they're panicking. They can't help but not panic when everyone else is panicking. It's tough, man. I, I get that. It's really hard to be like one person who's like, I'm not going to panic when like every mom around you is panicking. Um, you know, I did get an email from one parent who was like, you know, our kids aren't, my mom, my wife isn't letting the kids leave the house during this time. Okay. I get that for a week, two weeks. Are you going to do that for the next two or three months? If nothing really changes? No, you're going to go, fuck it. We got to take that risk because we got to live lives. That's what most people are going to do. Unfortunately, your yoga class that you go to won't be there anymore. Most likely. Um, so. Uh, anyway, here's what we're doing at our school. Online lessons, doing the online virtual groups. We could try to do Kids Rock, and if my teacher has to do it from home, they can. I think we would be okay letting that teacher go into our building to do the live stream from there if they wanted to. Um, but I think we'll probably just let them try to do things from home. We're going to uh, take from some other music school's idea. Um, I don't want to say their name because... None of this is announced yet, but let, you know, we're going to let people take home anything from the school they need, you know, equipment, gear, anything like that, that they need to make these lessons happen. Um, that'll be totally fine. Um, and then, uh, you know, we are going to apply for probably an SBA, uh, disaster relief loan, um, as if we got hit by a hurricane. And uh, they are doing that for this. And uh, we are also checking with our insurance company to see if we have business disruption coverage, which I think is in the policy for sure. So we'll check on that. 
and we're going to see how the how things lie, how they come out. Um, you know, we will be prepared. I have kind of secured a way financially for myself that I probably cannot take any money out of my business for a while um, or very little. And, um, you know, I might be getting a roommate again. Oh, my God, how horrible. I hate roommates. But, you know, we'll do what we got to do. Um, so I'll do that, you know, and lower my overhead the best that I can. And, uh, you know, what sucks so much about something like this is, like, I've gone through a bankruptcy before. And, you know, I just got all my credit back up to, like, seven fifty. Um, and, uh, you know, was planning on buying a house in the next six months. So, you know, but who knows? I might take a little money that I have put aside. I might take a little bit of money and uh, buy some stocks, actually, because there's going to be a rebound for sure at some point. So just kind of keeping those things in mind and we'll pivot how we have to. Maybe we can turn this thing into a reshaping of the business in certain ways um, down the road. I don't know if I want to try to shift. I wouldn't shift my business 100% thinking like this is how it's going to be in the future because that's not the case. Um, but this also might be helping us to explore new opportunities with the online lesson world. I mean, we've all talked about it and known about it, but maybe this is the thing that kicks everyone in the ass to, um, you know, get uh, get on it and start really pushing that for the future. So. Those are some things to think about. I did just get the new Donald Miller book with Dr. J.J. Peterson, Marketing Made Simple, a step-by-step -step story brand guide for any business. So it's a new story brand type of book that uh, I'm really interested in reading. So um, I am also looking at launching another podcast or two. Um, I've got a couple ideas because I know in my mind where I've wanted to go business-wise for myself for a while. And I'm just kind of figuring out exactly the steps and the roadmap and the concept of things that I want to do. So, um, you know, I, I obviously I would love to keep Music Lesson Business Academy going. And um, I think, you know, there's a lot of sources for you guys on, you know, things you can do with your school and classes and different ways of doing things. I think, um, you know, I think I have a lot to bring to that table in the marketing standpoint. Um, you know, I still love that side of it so much. And I think um, I'm going to, you know, I certainly will continue to do that, man. I'm halfway through building the new music lesson business Academy and it's amazing. So um, even if people don't need that right now or can't afford it, you know, at some point everybody will. And we'll jump back in 100%. Um, you know, nothing's changing for now, that's for sure. Keeping all that going. The podcast will be coming. Um, we'll still do the monthly call. Um, I'll, I might just plan another call here. We already did a March call, but maybe I'll uh, get something together if, if everyone would like to get on a call. I'll also um, probably start doing some live Facebook, um, you know, just hangout sessions because I think people, um, well, Hey, a lot of us are going to be at home and have some time. So, um, yeah, let's plan that. This Friday, 10 a.m., Facebook live stream with me and my coffee. This Friday, 10 a.m. I'm going to make myself a note right now. Um, so we'll do a hangout. Um, coffee. I'm stealing this from Jacques, 
who was on the podcast last week, who does, um, he does coffee with Jacques on Friday mornings. He does a Facebook hangout, really casual, just basically drinks his coffee until somebody asks him a question. Sounds good to me. I'll have a lot of coffee. Coffee and questions. So um, I'll post that in the Facebook group. If you're not a member, jump over to Facebook. Um, go to Music Lesson Business Academy. Uh, look that up on Facebook and join the group. A lot of people are talking about all the different steps that they're taking during this time. And um, also, don't forget to text to 81257. 81257. You can lowercase M-L-B-A and get your free course from Music Lesson Business Academy. All right, that's it. I'm going to crack a bottle of wine here shortly. Actually, I think I'm going to ride my indoor bike trainer, get a workout in. Um, I got the new whoop strap so I can, uh, you know, typical me, I spend a bunch of money right before we're going to have like an economic tightness. Um, uh, going to jump on that and then um, get some emails together about our virtual classes happening tonight uh, or happening in the next few days. Other than that, man, I'm going to watch like some Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and just enjoy some downtime here. All right. Talk to you guys soon.